the comic book pit. Okay. It up 179. Join the club. 179. 179. First episode of 2015. Yes. We made it another year. Well into the future of Comic Book Pit. Mm -hmm. And hoverboards. Yep. Hoverboards and Jaws 19 and (laughs) the Cubs winning the World Series. You know what's funny about every, like all the Back to the Future, um, memes and articles and things like that i i've only seen the, the second movie once and that was probably when it first came out wow like i don't remember anything about it other than i don't really think i i i didn't really even like it that much then like i like the third sequel i saw that movie more times than i could count the second one or the third one all of them oh okay. the second one definitely I think I need to go back and rewatch it. it. I mean, it has been a while. Obviously, like I said, I've only seen it the one time. But the fact that it's now taking place in our year. Right. Now now I kind of want to see, yeah. you know, go back and like watch it again. It's like October is the day, October 21st or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's like, there's already like Facebook events for it, you know, for yeah. that day, which I don't know what you would actually do other than just say, Hey, it's back to the future day. Yeah. Congrats. You know, happy back to the future day. I don't know. But yeah. So, so many of the, those references that are all over the internet are so lost on me because aside from the hoverboard reference, I really right. don't remember anything else about that movie. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's no, it got all, uh, topsy turvy. With its time traveling, yes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I, I I did enjoy the third movie, so um, yeah, third one's fine. And just um, the the day before Thanksgiving, um, the Row House Cinema here in Lawrenceville played the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. They they it's this. I don't know if you've ever been to to that theater. I've not been to that one. No. Well, I, I I do recommend it. It's a it's an independent theater, and they have it's completely it's brand new, like um, remodeled, renovated, whatever you want to call it. It's just it's one screen, and they have uh, for maybe like a week or two weeks they have a th- like they pick a theme, and that week's theme was time travel. So of course they had Back to the Future, and they had a couple other movies. Um, so it's like of course we have to go see Back to the Future in the theater. You know, and it, it's it's pretty cool, and it's it's one of those kind of like I don't want to say hipster movie theaters, but you know, it's like you can drink a beer while you're watching it. Yeah. And, um, was it like a film print of the movie, or was it just like a video? 
projection. I think it was video because they and, and this is this is one interesting thing. They actually took an intermission halfway through, and you could tell they just it pressed pause or hit stop or something. You know, it wasn't like a film. Um, gotcha. At least, at least it didn't feel that way. It felt yeah. very digital. <clears throat> right on. So, uh, yeah, but it, it was it was a neat experience. I always like seeing movies from the past on the big screen, um, either ones I've seen a hundred times or you know, especially one I've never seen on the big screen because it's a whole different experience. True. So I, I remember the. Yes. Um, Years ago, um, the Rex Theater in, in the South Side, before it became a music venue, when it was still an actual theater. Oh, that was a movie theater. Yeah, it used to be a movie I theater. Was in, I was in there for a comedy show, but I didn't know it was. I can yeah. see it a movie theater. Okay. And it, it was the same thing. It was just one screen, and that usually they would show independent movies or art films or what have you. Um, one. Uh, one time they sh- they played Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Oh, right on! And I had to go see that, and I, that's where I saw my first John Woo movie, which was um, Hard Boiled. Sweet. Right and on. that I mean, talk about getting blown away. That was you know I had never seen any kind of movie like that before in my life, and it was subtitled, and I didn't care because it was ridiculously awesome. <laughs> I'll read your words. Yes. Um, he has two guns. And, and you know what's funny? And, and I've talked to other people about John Woo movies, and mm-hmm. it feels like the first movie you see is always your favorite. Because I've since seen, he, he did another movie called The Killer, which was pretty good. Um, what was but, that Van Damme movie? Oh, Hard Target. Hard Target. Imagine if that was your first one. Oof. Well, yeah, oh, these that's are like, so true. <laughs> his, like his, his more like his, Hong Kong movies before he came to the States. Oh, our target. Um, First one always is when it gets his claws in you, Dan. You know, that's it. Actually, there's no mud. I think, I think I did see Hard Target Flint. before I saw Hard Boiled. With the doves. I, my, my favorite, like, I, I think, sadly, we saw that in the theater, and there's, you know, cause, um, Jean Claude Van Damme, he's this, like, Cajun, he's like this Louisiana, <laughs> Cajun, whatever, and he, he was trying to help this woman find her father. But he, when he was trying to explain to people, he would he put on this horrible Cajun accent. He, he was like, "She's trying to help. I'm trying to help her find her papa or something. I'm trying to help her find her daddy." It was really creepy. I'm like, "Please uh, don't talk anymore, JCVD." Yeah. But uh, no. But anyways. Um, People that I talked to, who you know, the first movie they saw was The Killer. You know, that would be their favorite movie, and I'd be like, "Well, that was okay, but my favorite's Hard Boiled." You know, so it's one of those weird things. Like, the first one you see is kind of like it's like been imprinted on you. So who's coming in with Broken Arrow? Oof. <laughs> I actually liked <laughs> most of Broken Arrow. Hey, that was kind of before Travolta made his downward spiral. Yeah, and oh, remember um, <laughs> Face Off? He did Face Off. Oh, I remember Face Off very well, Dan Greenwald. Uh, very well. I think I did like a whole uh, podcast with it on uh, What the Talk. That that movie is so deli- like deliciously 
ridiculous and awful. It is amazing. Yeah, it's it's glorious and it's terribleness. We could spend a whole hour just breaking down. I think uh, the, the, the wonders of Face Off, probably from memory, be fairly accurate. Yeah, just sad. I think the weirdest and probably worst movie he ever did. This is John Woo again. Was that movie called Wind Talkers? Was that the like World War Two movie? Yeah, with, it was Nicolas Cage, and it was about like they're code breakers. Yeah, well, they it was the American soldiers who were were paired each. They were paired with a they're like American intelligence officers who were paired with a Native American uh, who you know they they used the Native American language to right. send coded messages because the Nazis couldn't break it. And it was so bad. It was just like not the movie John Woo should have mm. been directing. Like they actually used, I don't think I saw it. They actually used like stock footage from World War II. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was very obvious. Yeah, like you know, you'd, uh, you'd go. I think this, the like, uh, trailers was as far as it went for me with that picture. Yeah, that was probably a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think he's ever. You know he's done all the action. I don't think he's ever done it. He's ever ventured into the world of uh, comics, though. Which, no, no, you would think. Although his like his movies are very, I mean, they're crazy in that way that it, they could totally be, you know, a comic book movie, like you know, fight scenes and things like that that are so yeah over the top. I have a feeling it's probably a good thing that it never happened. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure it would turn out. The way any of us might hope to anticipate. There's like a very limited, I think, uh, area of the superhero genre he could sort of cover. Mm -hmm. It's like The Punisher. And then what? He could, you know... Like as a movie. Yeah. Because now he could go anywhere. Now he could be like Deathlock or... uh, Mm -hmm. Is that the robot dude in Marvel? Yes. Okay. Or uh, any any of the the murdery gun types. <laughs> yeah, any of the stabby ones. Um, John Woo's X Force. John Woo's X Force. Sadly, that would be if if they if Rob Liefeld ever got his wish and got in like an X Force or a Young Blood movie made, it would have to have been made in the '90s, directed by <laughs> John Woo. And starring and starring Nicolas Cage. Who's Nicolas Cage as Cable? As all of them. As all of them. Okay. Using nineteen ninety six film technology. No, you know, you know, Nicolas Cage as Cable. That would be pretty. No, that would be good. Um, oh man, you could do. Uh, you, you could bring in a JCVD as a Shatterstar. Isn't that playing Shadow? I, I, Shadows are a little old. I mean, it's hard to tell with the, the LIFO renderings. Yeah. Lined up. He, uh, he you know, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to think of people that were like big in the nineties that would have been cast in that movie. So Shadows are, we're going younger. Uh, who would have been like the 20, like Mala Blanc? Oh, Mala Oh and Shatterstar? Ah, uh, oof. That. Oh, that's a rough one. I'm, I'm, I'm like totally blanking on all like 90s, mm-hmm. like 
Uh, uh, the, the hunky actor types? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of them either. I guess they weren't uh, what was on our mind. Yeah. In the mid-90s. Oof. Matt Damon? Matt Damon could be a Shatterstar. He, was he? Yeah, was he? I guess he was. Before 1996, he was definitely around. Well, you know, uh, the, the uh, Batfleck was around, too. He was. That's that was you know if if we got him pre Armageddon. Oh yeah, you'd be like Glory Days, chasing Amy mm-hmm. era, Ben Affleck. Oh, we could you know we could get uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey as Cannonball. All right, all right, all right. He's got this. Movie's coming together. He's got this. He's got this southern accent. Yeah, we get uh, uh, Renee Zellweger as Boom Boom. Renee, hold on. Renee Zellweger as Boom Boom in 1996. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine her as from a uh, remember remember that movie Empire Records. Boom. And we're going with that 80s holdover look, right? That 80s Madonna. Sure. Over Boom Boom look. Well, I could, yeah. Giant glasses, crazy suspenders. That would work. What am I? I shouldn't look up. I guess Renee Zellweger. Well, well, that was more of when she was an X Factor, when when she was one of X Factor's like students, when she what? had that Madonna look. When she was in, I guess I had two winners: one for Renee Zellweger, one for Boom Boom. <laughs> that is that is the saddest browser ever right now. Boom Boom Marvel. <laughs> and in one window, Renee Zellweger, and another window, Boom Boom. Who else was on X Force? Um, was Sunspot still on X Force? No. When the hell did he, they do? He, uh, he didn't come back until later. From it. When the hell did they update uh, Boom Boom's look? Well, I, I don't I know. Since it's, sometime in the night, this one is atrocious. This is very early nineties. It's like shoulder pads and. Like those grandma glasses that you could put over your regular glasses. Yeah, that's right. She did wear those, like when, when they and dilate she, your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> She's got mad pouches. Let me send you a link to this. Let's see. So, and we also would need to find a Richter, a Warpath, and a Feral. Feral. Oh. Maybe uh, Juliette Lewis. She's crazy. <laughs> Courtney Love. Courtney Love is feral. Hold on, no, let me. I got focus on one thing at a time right now. I'm trying to <laughs> get this link. Throwing too much at you. Yeah, this is like from that like painted like early '90s stuff. Like when everybody was first discovering Photoshop. I think. You tell me. I feel like the the, the really hard one to. Uh, uh, cast would be Warpath. Hmm. In 1996. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that—that's wow! I've never seen that look. <laughs> that's wow! That is that is the worst. I'm, that must be that's like from a trading card or something. I've never seen that. Yeah, it is from a trading trading car. Tra- 
Oh, boom, boom. It is awful. But, um... Yeah, a 90s X-Force movie. I think that would be so gloriously awesome. Just good and terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to really... I don't think this is the time or the place to do a full-on casting call for the 1996 X-Force movie. No, but I think... But we definitely have a strong start. That movie... Yeah, we need to work on it. Would have been a blockbuster in 1996. And Nicolas Cage, Matthew McConaughey, and who was our other... uh, Renee Zellweger as... Well, as... uh, Yeah, she was the female lead. As as Boom Boom. As Boom Boom. Oh, and we forgot Domino, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, we got some work to do. It's very clear to me. Nineteen ninety six. I don't know. I'd have to do some research. Yeah, I say we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Scott here. Yeah, we're gonna have to crunch the numbers. We need. We need people that are. You know, we we got to put our heads together. We got to get some. Uh, Send in your uh, your voicemails, folks. Tell us who you want in the nineteen ninety six. X-Force movie directed by John Woo. <laughs> Starring Nicolas Cage as Cable. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the star. But we'll have to, like, so we have to build, we have to build the cast around, around Nick Cage. And I, and I think, I think we gotta go with the team from X-Force number one. Yes. I think, I think that's, that's the team. So that's Cable, Domino, Cannonball, Boom Boom, Shatterstar, Feral, and Warpath. Oh, and Matt Damon as Shatterstar. Unless someone can think of something uh, even more clever. And I, and I, and I think we got to... <clears throat> I think we got to get some Photoshop involved here. I, th- I think we need to vision. We, we need to see these, like, you know, we need to visualize this uh, this cast. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be like a, a project I'm going to work on this week. I cannot wait to see this come to fruition. Me too. This is going to be. It'll be inside the numbers, maybe. <laughs> this is going to be my my Mona Lisa. I can't wait. Anyway, actual things. Yeah, actual right. things. Um, I believe I was about to uh, discuss something. Okay. Before we digressed, uh, this uh, Madman 3D special. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, I'm not big on 3D comics. I can't say I've read a lot to say. You know, so the statement I'm about to make, you know, is not the definitive statement, but the best 3D comic I've ever seen. Really, really, really well done. Um, I mean, all they did was take, like, old stuff and uh, convert it up and reprint it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everything's appeared somewhere else. I mean, there's pinups that are new. And it has, like, uh, one thing that was cool was it opens with the, uh, like, all red strip from that little Nemo book. Mm-hmm. You know, that giant one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So his uh, entry is in here in 3D. That conversion just looks amazing. And yeah, it's just looks really, really cool and is really well done. And it's worth the 10 bucks. Okay. And the 3D glasses, they're like tucked in the fold. You know how like the pages are? You sort of like slide something in in between them mm-hmm. smoothly. Uh, that's how the glasses come, so you can just slide them in and out. Oh, nice. Real easy. So, yeah, it is worth it. And if you like all this stuff, then you would definitely want to buy it as well. I have waiting for me in a stack of, you know, two read books. Um, is the Superman Madman Hullabaloo? Yes. And my buddy has a uh, original page from that. Oh, really? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, I... I think I, I read it a long time ago, and I've since sold it, traded it. I don't know what happened, but um, I have it over in a box over here. Well, I I have it. it well, we, at this at the store I work at, we have a a section of comics. They're all uh, five dollar sets. And, oh um, yes. Okay. And um, a few weeks ago, I was given the task to to reorganize and, you know, add some new sets to it. So I was, of course I was going through the entire thing and I must've pulled out almost a dozen sets that I wanted that I was pulling aside for myself just to, you know, to purchase. And one of them was that, uh, Superman, Madman, Hullabaloo. So I'm pretty excited about, you know, because I mean, anything, I mean, Hey, I love Madman. Um, but anything, time I get to see Mike Allred draw <clears throat> you know an established character it just it thrills me to no end uh, you, you know when uh, so, you know seeing him do Superman or you know we've got this really cool Captain America poster at the store right. that Allred right. did um, yeah. the the new dance lot silver surfer book yes which is really good yeah so yeah like I said anytime I get to see uh, Allred do anything I'm a uh, you know, I'm super excited. Same here. Same here. Um, I was going to mention something. Oh, you're talking about that back issue uh, purchases you were making. You are sorting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found myself with a little bit of Christmas money. I didn't know what to to uh, buy. Mm-hmm. So I actually decided this uh, tomorrow, this weekend, I'll be going out to, like, Copacetic and the... Phantom over in Oakland and hit up some back issue boxes and fill in some gaps. Nice. I was like, that's how I'll uh, indulge. Like, I know uh, Phantom, at least last time I looked, had a run of the Dark Horse Madman comics. Mm-hmm. And I was always looking at them and I was like, oh, I think I had these. I took a look. I had like one. I don't know what I was thinking. I had just like the first issue. Like, that was it of that run. And they have like a whole set, so. Well, I found uh, filling some gaps. I'm trying to find it now. Um, the uh, I can't find it, but the original um, Madman, like the first uh, three books that came out, like from Tundra, I believe was yep. the. Yeah, I have those with a little like flip book. Yeah. The corner. Yep. I um I found those at the New Dimension Century Three. When it was still upstairs, 
I found that for like 12 bucks or something ridiculous like that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I found them. Um, I was, you know, um, doing a what we call an audit at the stores where, you know, whenever we take in a collection of of comics and we have to, you know, try and uh, filter them into our our back issues, you know, we, we go through a process of determining what we need versus what we have. T- and, um, and that's when I, you know, uh, find a lot of cool stuff. And I, you know, I found these, the, th- the three issues and, uh, and, you know, I was able to, to purchase them like right then and there without even like they, you know, they don't get bagged or priced or anything. That's the one, that's one of the nice conveniences of, of, uh, working, you know, in the store is that if you're, you know, auditing something and, you know, it hasn't been priced yet, it's like, you know, an old book, nine times out of ten, you can get it for like a buck. Um, wow. I think I, I, maybe these cost me like two or three bucks each, but still, that's, I'm like, you know, thrilled. Very cool. Uh, so, yeah, um, I was so I guess we could, I can talk about the books I have. Right. Because you were talking about, yeah, you the said Batman, Batman was, was, that was, that's all I had. I mean, I read some other stuff. I think I'm just catching up from the holidays. I just read yeah. Superman and Daredevil. Okay. You still reading Superman? You know, I'm, I'm a couple issues behind, but I, I'm thinking I can see myself checking out oh, like, yeah? after this arc. We'll see. Okay. I think I've gotten, Got, uh, I think I've gotten what I'm going to get with this book. All right. No, I just go with this arc and then call it a day. Well, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm. I'm but I'm. I'm kind of interested. I, I definitely. Well, I mean, I was planning on getting caught up, regardless. But now I, I definitely want to get caught up and and we can talk about it. Yeah. See what's. It's what. not bad. It's just not like amazing. It's so. not blowing blowing your hair back. Not not at all. Okay. But um, I don't feel like it's a complete waste of time either. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've surprisingly enjoyed it up to this point. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm two issues behind, so I'm kind it of. It still has some of that. It's just not. Like, like I've seen, I think this book has sort of peaked mm-hmm. as far as how far it can go now. Just like how many times can it hit the, hit that spot? Gotcha. Now, is, so is it, is it just a storytelling? Is it just the, like the story itself or? Uh, yeah, I think the story itself. Is it is it without like giving too much away? Is it coming to an, its conclusion, or is you, does it feel like it's just dragging on? Um, it is. I, I wouldn't say the pacing's that slow. Um, but it does feel like it's entering the final act, if you will. Okay. So I'm not sure how many more issues this could go. I think it has more than one. I don't think the next issue is the last issue. I'd be surprised if that was the case. It feels like it has maybe two more to go, three at most. Mm-hmm. Four would just be, it means it took a turn. I don't see where you could, how you could puff that out. Hmm. So, I mean, I've gone along this far. I figure I'll see this final, this first arc out. And I think that'll be it. All right, cool. Well, yeah, like I said, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to get I'm going to go. I'm kind of looking at 2015 
almost in the same way you looked at 2014, and not a, a uh, conscious dismissing of the big two, but definitely a uh, a purging of a pool list mm-hmm. of any anything that doesn't fit in a certain criteria. Yeah. yeah I was reading that Rocket Raccoon, but that's being uh, just written by Scott Young and drawn by like rotating artists, so I think it was like, yeah, I think I can drop that. Oh, so Scotty Young is not even drawing He's it writing. Anymore? Yeah, I think just covers and writing. Oh, okay. So I can let that go. I was doing, just counting it up. Not too many. It's a very uh, select pool list. Uh, good for a budget as well. It, it, very, it, it, it is very much good for the budget. It so it, it it helped me tremendously. You got to do this. You got to do this on the cheap. You got to really get that choice cut. Mm-hmm. Now, some books are ending on their own, like Daredevil, which I think is wrapping up in the next few months here, or at least the uh, Wade and Somni run. Oh, is there a, a new creative team coming on? I haven't heard who, but all I've heard is coming up within the next few months. Uh, it'll be. Leaving it. And that's a run. Yeah. Wade was on that run. A hell of a run. It's almost 50 issues, I think. If you add up the two uh, volumes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, significant. Been a good run, too. So now they'll just take their place in the long box and. There they be. It would be nice if 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 they got a a nice uh, hardcover collection or like a nice omnibus collection of the Wade Somni Daredevil or just that just well I shouldn't say Somni because there was certainly uh, um, you know Somni didn't start the the Wade Daredevil but if they did a nice yeah. Wade collection like the same way they did uh, the that- like the Hickman stuff for the for the FF. Now, the art was always amazing on this Daredevil run because the artist was always like a top-notch artist that came in. Mm-hmm. And then when that artist left, the artist that came in uh, easily made you forget that great artist that was before him mm-hmm. and so forth. Like it was Marcos Martin, then Paulo Rivera, and then Chris Somney. And each time you're like, oh, how's one going to possibly keep, make up? For the other, and they did so in spades. So yeah, that's a, I was uh, I think what this run of Daredevil should be mem- most memorable for, not just the uh, quality storytelling, but the incredible artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can tell you one thing that's got I, at least in my opinion got some quality writing and. Art, excuse me, is the uh, this uh, Spider Verse story that's running? At least I, I'm just reading the Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, I'm not reading Scarlet Spiders or Spider Woman or Spider Verse Team Up or any of that crap. Um, but the uh, just the main book, the Amazing Spider-Man, and see this is part three, which is in issue eleven, and this is Dan Slott and Olivier Coipel. Right. And inks by Wade Vaughn Grabadger and colors by Justin Ponser. 
and lettered I, it. Oh, did he letter it? I'm I sorry. don't know. I'm oh, asking who. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. If we're going this deep. Let's go all the way. Letters. Uh, Chris Eliopoulos. Right on. And actually, it looks like there was a total of five anchors in this book, which is kind of weird. That's fantastic. Um, but you know, I wanted to mention all those names because, I mean, talk about a team effort. This this story and this art has just been amazing. I mean, no pun intended. But um, you know, for someone who hasn't read uh, Amazing Spider-Man, I since the return, I mean, I did read issue one, sort of. I wasn't really 100% thrilled with it. It was okay. Um, But I haven't read a book since. Um, And actually what got me to read the Spider-Verse story was the the Edge of Spider-Verse Gwen Stacy book, the the Spider-Gwen story. Yeah. Uh, And I like that so much. I'm like, well, you know, I'll check out the first issue of the Spider-Verse. And from that first issue, I was hooked. I was like, well, I got to see what's going on. And I'm buying these like actual physical copies, not digital. So that's again, that's that's kind of like my my barometer for it, how much I really like a book if I'm you know buying the actual copy of it. So and I, I know you're a you're a Spider-Man yourself, aren't you? I mean, you're, yes, you're I a do. Fan. I read Amazing Spider-Man as well. I, like you, I do not read the uh, Italian books or what have you, but I do read Amazing. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And it has been a pretty decent storyline. I'm glad I'm glad I'm not like buying every time book. I don't think that'd be necessary. But it's, as far as what's going on just in the main book, it's an engaging enough storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of, no pun intended here, Peter in and out on Spider-Man. Yeah, if 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 um, this art team, you know, if, if this was the regular art team, um, I, I would think be, we'd see it monthly. <laughs> what's that? I don't think we'd see it monthly. Well, there's that. I mean, in in a, in a perfect world, you know, um, right? We wouldn't. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a privilege to have, to see <laughs> Olivier Coipel's yeah, you know, artwork in this book. Time, you know. but um. Yeah, I would say if you're, you know, if you have any interest in Spider-Man at all, just go ahead and pick up the uh, yeah. Spider-Verse storyline. It's, it's I would, hmm? I'm glad. I well, I was going to say, I mean, you, you really don't have to know anything going in because, like I said, you know, I've I'm I've been a lapsed Spider-Man reader for a few years now, and I just, you know, I picked up issue nine, which was the the first part of the Spider-Verse story and I didn't feel the least bit lost. Now there are going to be characters that you're not going to you're not going to recognize, but some of them, you know, and some of them have been introduced in the in the past and some of them haven't. Some of them are just brand new for this story. You know, other versions of Spider-Man. Uh but it, it it's okay like you don't have to know everything going in. It's It does a good job of telling you what you need to know. Mhm to enjoy the story. No, I'm with you. Like the, these totems and the other, and this other nonsense that all predates when I started reading Spider-Man on the regular. And that wasn't anything that's been revisited. Like even in the eight, nine years or what have you, that I've been collecting Spider-Man. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's all new to me as well. And, uh, you know, you read enough of these, you can kind of put two and two together. So it gives you enough to follow along. Yeah. And, you know, I, I used to love reading, reading Spider-Man and every so often I, you know, I, I like to check back in and this is, this is a perfect way to do that. So. Yes. Again, if there are, you know, if there are any lapsed readers out there or anyone that wants to read Spider-Man but feels like they haven't read enough to know what's going on, I'd say don't even worry about that. Just jump right in. Yeah. You just pick up the latest issue. Yeah. Pick up, yeah. Pick you, up part three of Spider-Verse. Doesn't yeah. matter. And then go back and pick up. It'll tell you what you need to know. Yeah. Part one and two. I mean, it's, they're, they're all out there. They're all still on the shelf. I mean, it shouldn't be a problem to, to pick them up, but, you know, go get them, man. Um, let's see. Uh, another one that I um, that I was lapsed in, and I'm actually catching. I'm, I'm kind of like tackling this from two sides. Is Thor? So I. Now start, is this the new um the, the lady Thor? Yes, and right. I went back and I caught up. Well, not caught up, but I, I read. I think the first 20 issues of Jason Aaron's Thor um, on the Marvel Unlimited app. Mm. So, uh, which again, excellent, like that. And I think that's 25 issues was that run. Um, I think it, it that issue ended with the original Sin event, in which we still don't know why. It's still a mystery. Thor was deemed unworthy uh couldn't pick the hammer up it's it was on the, it's been on the moon for a while and now there's a new thor a female thor there's still a, a huge mystery surrounding this person uh who so she's not been revealed still has not been revealed there was a kind of a tease in this in the latest issue issue number 3 that you she, she was uh distanced from Mjolnir for a while and it's they're bringing that thing back where if, cause obviously, so this person obviously is, has a, a secret identity or, you know, she changes when she has the hammer. So she was separated from Mjolnir long enough that she felt her strength start to ebb, uh, ebb in the middle of this fight. And she could feel herself changing. And you could see there was starting, there was starting to be like a physical, change from Thor to who she is in real life. Mm. And of course, just then she, you know, Mjolnir comes back. Um, but all that being said, the, the first three issues of this are, uh, so much fun. Um, you still get a little bit of the traditional Thor in the beginning, like in the first issue and in this latest issue, but the, uh, the new Thor, um, I'm, I'm just really excited about this character and I, I haven't been this excited about Thor since Jason Aaron first took over Thor a couple of years ago. Um, the, the art by Russell Dodderman is really nice, like a nice clean, um, line. Um, I don't know who's doing the, I guess Russell Darvin is, 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 it's, he's just listed as artist and then there's 
someone listed as cover a uh, color artist. So, you know, these uh, these guys teaming up together, this Russell uh, Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson, are putting out a really nice a really nice product. And I mean, the, the story by Jason Aaron, fun, um, not bogged down with a lot of uh, mythology and Thor speak. Although there, I should say you, you get a fair amount of both, but it doesn't feel like you're in a mythology class or a lecture. Okay. Um, you know, I that was my thing with Thor back in the you know in the eighties. I could I could never relate to Thor because it was always all the these and thous and right. woods thou and and it was so dense in the mythology of Asgard and all the different gods and characters that I just could never, you know, I, I just couldn't get into it. Um, this I feel like is a, and then I liked when they, when J. Michael Straczynski brought Thor kind of to the real world, he kind of grounded him a little bit. Um, this I feel like is a good balance between the two, like the, the Jason Aaron run, um, you know, I would I would recommend going all the way back to, you know, when he first started Thor: God of Thunder two years ago and reading those. But if you don't want to, or if you can't, or if you can't find the issues, just pick up if you can find them because now they're in like multiple printings. Um, but the first three issues of Thor are out there somewhere. Um, once again, a really good book that you don't have to. Um, be you know steeped in the uh, the continuity or the history of the character because it's it's a brand new character it's a brand new story um, just a good you know like I said it's, it's it's a fun time and again another book that I'm buying physical copies of so did Thor lose his arm he did that happened in the first issue. Which is very interesting, considering that in the first Jason Aaron run of Thor, when you see, you get a glimpse of the future, and you see old King Thor, who is now the ruler of Asgard, who is missing an arm. Um, but when he goes into battle, he basically he, somehow, and, and you don't know how this happens, but he has, I guess you would call it a prosthetic, but it's the Destroyer's arm. Um, that he uses that just like okay. attaches it. It's it's like it flies to him like Mjolnir, and it just attaches to his stump whenever he <laughs> needs whenever he needs an, an, you know his arm to go into battle. It's like give me my hammer and my arm. I'm going to you know. Wow. Don't okay. wait up. But uh, yeah, and he he shows up. Thor shows up at the end of the third issue. Um. Wearing the prosthetic arm, but you don't know how in between because you don't see him from the first issue to the third issue. You know, in the first issue, he gets his arm cut off and he's floating at the bottom of the ocean, and then there's nothing until the third issue. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, definitely good stuff. Very cool. Um, I'm looking at the artwork too. He is 
It looks nice. Yeah, I, I um I didn't know much about Russell Dodderman other than I th- I think I heard that he was the artist on the Cyclops ongoing series when it first started. Okay. With uh, Greg Rucka. I think he was the series artist for a while. And then now he's on he's on Thor. Good deal. Um so you had what else? Oh, uh Batgirl number thirty-seven. Oh, okay. The, so it was like the uh the controversial issue. Or I wouldn't say controversial, but yeah, it, it caused a little bit of internet drama for about a week. And I think it's it's blown over because the the entire creative team um put out a very sincere and heartfelt uh apology to anyone that might have been um you know taken offense or um, you know, to the issue in which um, Batgirl, you know, Barbara Gordon, um, is fighting a um, who she thinks is a, a a Batgirl imposter, and you know, uh, sullying the name of Batgirl. And what you kind of what you come to find out at the end of the final um, confrontation is that it was a this. The, um, like a quote unquote psycho cross dresser. Those are not my words. This is, uh, uh, from the Mary Sue, uh, website. Um, and it, <laughs> I, her, her reaction was one of shock and surprise, not in my opinion, one of disgust or repulsion. It was, it'd be the same if, you know, if you thought you were, with a woman in, in any respect, you know, certainly not like a life and death battle. And then all of a sudden their wig comes off and it's a guy. You'd be like, holy shit, you're a guy. You know, not like, uh, yeah. So what exactly, um, is it happened in the book that was supposed to, uh, that got everyone so up in arms. Was it just the fact that, that uh, villain that's what I'm turned saying. Out to be a man, that's it was here. I'll, I'll send you the link while I'm talking about it. It's um, it was the fact that she just showed that, that she showed surprise and the the um, depiction of the of the the transgender person as she was revealed was like you know uh, scary like, face, big eyes, uh, like that. That would be like I, that. Yes, that would be offensive. Um. I guess I haven't I haven't seen it, so you read it, so I guess you can. Yeah, I just I mean again I I understand, but at the same time I feel like it was a really way blown out of proportion. I mean they they didn't there there couldn't been any intent for what they did. I, I feel like you know because uh, I was reading the story, I, I was reading this comic with the with knowing what was coming up, um, or not the actual scene, but knowing that there was something controversial. So I'm waiting for it and I'm waiting for it and I read it and I'm like, that was it. I didn't, you know, and, and maybe, you know, Hey, I'm not a transgender person. I don't, I don't know any transgender people. Um, and you know, and I, and, and I'm, I'm certainly, um, sensitive to what, you know, they must, you know, they go through, but I, 
I, I really don't feel that this is, um, you know, they, they're calling it like transmisogyny or transphobia. And I, you know, I didn't get that at all. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't like it was Barbara Gordon, you know, giving a lecture about how she, you know, how she, uh, fundamentally disagreed with, with that lifestyle. It was. Wait, I mean, is it just this? You sent me a link that shows. It's, yeah. Four it's, panels. That's it. That's, is, that, that's okay. the reveal. Hmm. And, and that's what caused the out, the outrage? Yeah. I mean, if you read the, if, if you later on, if you want, you know, if you want to go back and read the article a little, it'll, you know, there, it gives you a little bit more in, like a little in-depth, you know, um, background or, you know, um, but, you know, I, I think it's just, it's one of those things like, are we, and I think we might have talked about this maybe last year or months ago, I don't know, but like, the, just that every time one of these controversies come up, it's like, are we just so sensitive about everything that, you know, that this is, you know, this makes news, that this is a big deal, that now everyone's disappointed in the creative team of Batgirl when two months ago they were the flavor of the month, you know? Yeah, that's what kind of struck me as uh, funny. So, I, I, you know, I have a hard time taking stuff like this seriously um, when it becomes, I mean, not the subject matter, you know, transgendered, of course, but, but just, you know, again, if you, like, you, you look at this panel and it's not at all what I imagined it was going to be when I heard about it. So, I don't know. That being said, all that being said. Oh, I see the, uh, If you I, pull the wig off of someone who you thought was a woman, it is 100% trans-misogynistic to yell in shocked horror that they are a man. Look, I, I was thinking about this. Remember the, remember the movie The Crying Game? Yeah. With the, you know, the, 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 the final reveal at the end that who you thought was a woman through the entire movie turned out to be a guy. And... You were supposed to be shocked by that. That doesn't mean if you were shocked by it that you are, you know, transmisogynistic or you have a fear of transgendered people. It's like, like the the reveal. I feel like the the, like the reveal was just the reveal. I, I think if to go deeper than that, I think the uh, what they're saying is that dagger type uh, identifies as a woman and then presents. Herself as a woman, she, her, she's you know cisgendered male, but identifies as female. Mm-hmm. So therefore, to even go dagger type, but you're a man, is is offensive because uh, dagger type has made it known, and Barbara Gordon evidently knows dagger type identifies as a female. But see, I don't think that ever happened in the book, because because you're introduced to this character. The, the character is like a performance artist or whatever, and and and, and when you see this per, when you see this character, they're not 
identified. It's not like they're identified as a, uh, you know, transgender or cross-dressing or anything like that. You know, they, they go to a gallery showing of, uh, of this person's work and there's a picture, you know, of him as the artist and he's very much a man or, you know, you know, looks. It's, it's funny. Like it's, the artist is, but she's about, clearly she's about to say a man. Mm-hmm. What, it, I mean, that, that's. Because, but that's projecting. the only, that's the only. It's a book. All it says right here is, but you're a. Yeah. I don't know the rest of it. All I have is four panels to go off of. Well, well plus, dagger type as a man is the only way we've been introduced to that character up to this point. There was no other indication. Now this autostraddle.com article that I linked to off the Mary Sue article uh, says, now at this moment, Backer had no way of knowing Dagger Type's gender. She's seen one picture of him in an artist bio. Yeah. Which I don't know. When they say him, what the fuck does that mean? Now, I'm sorry. If I know this is like, you know, and then she's seen him dressed up as Backer multiple times. So she's seen Dagger Type presenting as a woman more than presenting as a man. Okay, well, my well, now beef with this, right, this auto strata article is, if Dagger Type identifies as a woman, why is the author referring to Dagger Type as him in him when Dagger Type is clearly identifies as a her? Well, and Now the, the author of this article is being transmisogynistic. <laughs> Well, that's the other thing. When they do that, show... You can't deal with any of this. When, You're when all they, horrible people. You should be ashamed <laughs> of yourselves. When when they do eventually show the um the the fake Batgirl, which is dagger type dressed up like Batgirl, it looks like a woman. And we're not meant to think anything other than it's a woman. It it's not like it's very obviously a man dressed like wearing a long wig and glittery like a glittery satin costume and with you know boobs. It's drawn like a woman. So we're meant to think it's a woman until the very end. There's there's absolutely no reason to assume that there's a guy, you know, under that mask. Yeah. Now, I guess I, I guess I would need to read the entire issue in context to know. But from I've just uh, from reading the uh, like counter argument of yours. That's all. Like, um, I, I see what they're saying. Yeah, I do too. I have to read it then understand it, see it in context for myself. I mean, I'm reading a one side's opinion of it. Well, and plus, you know, it's like they're saying, oh, it's you know the, the way she was depicted with wide eyed and you know looking crazy and well, it's. It's a little sensationalized. Well, well, not, well no, I mean, it's like, like they're the bad guy. They're supposed to look bad. How, like, how do you want them to look? Like, so I guess transgendered people can never play the villain in any kind of pop culture in any medium, right? Is that, you know, so that's like what they're saying and, now. Like, you know, we, we can't present transgendered people as anything other than, you know, th- themselves. So. Anyway, I, I I I get I see both sides. I understand understand both sides. Yeah, it's goofy. I just I, like I said I, I I understand, but at the same time to to make that big of a deal out of it, 
it's just. I said, I don't, I didn't understand. I didn't, I haven't read the comics, so I don't understand the context. If it's just those four panels, I, I don't think that's enough for me to even understand. Because from those four panels, I don't, I see a lot of uh, projecting onto that rather than what is actually there. That's that's kind of what I felt that it was. They they took that and just ran with it. I mean, if you just show me those four panels and tell me it means that, then yes, I see that. But on my own, I'm not seeing it. Again, I'm not as sensitive to those issues, so I'm not going mm-hmm. to be uh, accustomed to seeing it. But that said, I didn't. It doesn't read that way to me. Now, but when I see the description of why exactly, and then, but that's where there's a, a contradiction, because you claimed that dagger type is clearly represented as a man and a woman throughout the issue. So Barbara Gordon has ample opportunity to know. And that's where that article got contradictory too. No, I, no. What I was saying dagger is dagger type is him. We only see dagger type as himself, as a man in his artist bio, but we don't see him again as like, we don't know that the, the, the fake Batgirl is dagger type and we never see dagger type again until the end. So there's no, there's no reason to think, you know, She's I mean, never seen dagger type in like in drag or drag. anything. Exactly. So she only does know dagger type as a self-identifying man. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this, uh, yeah, I don't. I'm. This could be like dissected that, like twelve I, different ways, but and I'm, I'm sure is anybody with the struggle. But I don't think that's all that. Maybe reading too much. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it, it, it could very well be a, like uh, you know, there's got to be some balance between the people that are like you know, on the, on, on, you know, on either side, there's like people that are like very much like, Oh, Batgirl was wrong. And people like us were like, well, maybe not, but somewhere I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a balance in there, but I would imagine, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear other uh, sides of it, particularly people who are much more closer to the issue. Mm-hmm. You can offer a more uh, nuanced insight into it. Hey, if you say it's offensive, then I'll do my best not to say it. I'm not a jerk. All that being said, I enjoyed the issue. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm still enjoying this new creative team on Batgirl. Three issues in, I'm still, you know, I'm still digging it. Uh, And, uh, yeah, as long as, you know, as long as they're still, um, as long as the creative, you know, it's the the same creative team is going (laughs) with it. I'll, you know, oh, and it's got, and it, it, I, I picked the up. I'm sorry. I picked up the uh, Darwin Cook cover too. Oh, right on. So um, I awesome. think I was late getting my. Well, because I didn't get my books last week, like the Superman book. The Cook cover was gone. Oh, okay. Gone. I got the standard cover, but oh, that Cook cover was it was fine, but it wasn't the finest. So I'm not too brokenhearted over it. Was that the one where he's like he's like flying out of the window and you just yeah. see his clothes? Yeah, as Clark Kent. Yeah, we. If you're interested, we we probably have that at the store. I could probably, you know, if if, if you're thinking of being a you know completing it, I could probably pick one up for you if you want. But it's up to I you. Think that's all right. I think okay. I, I'm fine. 
It's cool. I'm fine on it. I have the issue. I've read it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do all that. I'm going to spend another four bucks just for a cover. Mm-hmm. I'll figure. I'll be fine. Thank you, though. I appreciate that. I might call. I might take you up uh, on some other favor, but uh, yeah, on no. some other way. I might. I might call upon you. Set up the dance signal. Yeah. Um, Do you have any other books? Yeah. The, so the, the last book I want to talk about is actually a original graphic novel called Leaving Megalopolis. This oh, was yeah. this was a kickstarted book written by Gail Simone and art by Jim Calafiore. And it and it starts out um, well, well. Basically, the the this is a, a world full of costume heroes, and Megalopolis is like the you know New York City, you know, like Marvel's New York City or Metropolis or something. Like this is like the hub of like the like the greatest concentration of superpowered people, and they inexplicably turn into homicidal maniacs. And the only thing left, like, you know, when the story starts, like the first four or five pages are just scenes of destruction and brutality. And it looks like a war-torn city. And you see, like, um, you know, a, a, some small clusters of survivors that are slowly being picked off and you don't know what's going on. And then you, you know, then you, you come to find out that there's this, again, it's these, it's the superheroes who have, uh, turned and you don't know why they, they, they throw a hint in towards the middle that this kind of evil, this, uh, creature or something came up from the ground. And that was the last thing they fought before everything went, you know, went to hell. Gotcha. Um, it's like, um, um, oh, it's like, imagine if, like, the, like the new Axis event going on for Marvel, if, you know, how, like, the heroes oh, go good and the villains go, yeah. or, you know, heroes go bad and the villains go good type of thing. Like that on, like, a grander scale. Um, this is a pretty brutal book, and there are some, like, some parts that are, like, you know, the, this is a story that could probably only have been, done through Kickstarter or like Avatar <laughs> publishing could have picked it up. It's, it's really uh, brutal. Didn't Dark Horse pick it up as well? They did. Well, they, they published it after, um, after it was, uh, I think the, the first Kickstarter, uh, run went out, then they picked it up and published it. Um, and it's, it's a nice collection. It's a hardcover. Um, it's only fourteen ninety nine, which is which is pretty nice for a hardcover, and it's a complete story. Although on the spine it does say there's a number one, so which leads me to believe that uh, Simone and Calafiore are working on a follow up because they definitely there, there's definitely room for more stories in this um, in this world. Um, I would say the thing that I probably liked least about it was the the main character was one of the survivors. Um, she was quite unlikable mm. and unpleasant, and they 
they kept showing flashbacks to to her life and you know the these parallels between this awful event that happened when she was a child and the awful event that's happening now and it really didn't make me feel any sympathy for her i mean it was you know what happened when she was a child was an awful thing um but it didn't like you said it didn't really help the character in the present and like yeah she's like a very just uh unlikable character didn't really you know not a good not a good protagonist um and but um yeah this wasn't this wasn't bad i mean it um i i had heard about this book from other sources and it, i i think my expectations might have been raised a little you know you know it sounded like it yeah. was um you know revolutionary yeah. Right, right. Um, and it's, you know, I give it like a solid B, maybe a B minus. Ooh, okay. Um, but, you know, it's, as far as, you know, uh, original graphic novels go, I mean, you could do a lot worse. So, uh, if you're there looking you go. for, yeah, you could do a lot worse. That's, I want to see that on, printed on the back it's of the next book. volume. You could do a lot worse. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been a huge fan of Gail Simone's work since she left, or, or not since she left, but since I think the last thing I, I read from her that I enjoyed was Secret Six years ago, um, which uh, Cal Fiore also did work on. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't really cared for much of her New Fifty Two stuff, and. This one, this story, like, I think the story overall was good. I didn't really care for a lot of her dialogue um, and characterizations. So, you know, take that as you will if you're, you know, I know she has a lot of fans out there. Um, so if you're a huge Gail Simone fan, then this is probably, you know, just a, a no-brainer for you. If you're on the fence about Gail Simone, you know, I'd say so. You know, give it a try. I mean, again, for the for the price, it's really not bad for you know, fifteen bucks for a hardcover, is is in this day and age is a pretty good deal. So, right on. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with Gail Simone's work, so I can't really weigh in on her one way or the other. I don't know if I don't like it because I've never, our paths have never crossed. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a sign. She's never written anything that I typically would read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her her original Secret Six run was really good. That was, um, you know, a nice team of characters. The kind of the the the, the quintessential antiheroes. You know, you had Deadshot and Catman and Bane, um, and it was it was a team that was like so bizarre. Um, and so dysfunctional, yet somehow it was like the perfect combination of characters. And and she, and somehow she, like she had all their all their voices down really well. That's cool. 
So that's something I would I would definitely recommend if you if you know if someone's looking into you know maybe try out some Gail Simone stuff, uh, Secret Six from a few years ago, like pre New Fifty Two, is, is you know definitely try it. Right on. Well, I will keep that in mind when I go uh, shopping this weekend for comics. But um, that's all I have. Uh, that was that was enough. See anything from the world of media? Yeah, there was quite a bit there this week. Anything from the world of media that struck any fancies this week? It's kind of downtime. It is, uh, but I, I did see something today. This is kind of like breaking news that um, they it was kind of well, I think it was kind of a like a, a stunt where they revealed a an Ant Man teaser, but the teaser itself is like really tiny like you cannot see yeah it. yeah i saw that but the 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 full size one is supposed to air on the uh peggy carter show <laughs> uh, on the, that. the peggy carter show it's, it sounds like a variety show um no you know i'm actually kind of excited for the the is it peggy carter agent of shield it's agent carter agent carter that's what it is um it, it's been getting some some really good buzz has it? Yeah, I mean, I was going to watch it regardless, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I don't watch Shield. I just I never got into it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I never got into it. Well, there was the like the the Peggy Carter short film was really good, and there was a a uh, brief cameo by the guy that played Howard Stark in Captain America. Okay. And uh, Neil McDonough as Dum Dum Dugan. Oh, right on. And I mean, they were only in it for about a minute, but but like that whole um, short, that whole whole short film is uh, is really good, and it it shows you how good Peggy Carter can be as as a character and as a Shield agent. So if you can. If you can find that anywhere, I, I don't even remember. I, I might have watched it. it. It might be like on YouTube at this point. I don't know. Like I, I forget what if it was packaged as part of like a movie, like one of the Marvel movies, or I think it was. But I'm not. Sure. I'm, you think I'd be able to find it like on YouTube or something? Like you said, I don't remember where I watched it. The internet shouldn't have it. But I do. Uh, yeah, but I do remember being actually somewhat impressed with it. So, do you think it was more than a minute? Yeah, definitely. It's like it could be like seven or eight minutes, maybe even ten. Six to fifteen twenty nine. That could be it. The consultant. Yes. Some daily motion. All right, we'll see about that. Yeah, so give that a watch. That, that might that might give you you know something to think about as far as you know checking out. No primer, Amy Carter. Yeah, because you know she didn't really have a lot to do in the Captain America movie. Um, so I, you know when I when I heard they were making a a show with just her, I'm like, well, I really don't care. And then I watched that short film. And I'm like, okay, I I do care now. 
Hey, Marvel's got a way of, of doing this. I, I don't give them any uh, grief anymore. Talk about the Ant-Man trailer. I got question marks of plenty about that one. I mean, I had them, but I had question marks of plenty about Guardians of the Galaxy, and mm-hmm. that turned out well. So Marvel has a way of, uh, you know, surprising you. Indeed, they do. So, well, sir, we've rung in the new year, I think, in style. Absolutely. I'm going to put a pin in it for the week, if you will. Yes. So this has been Comic Book Pit, episode 179. I'm Dan. I'm Jared. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. God willing.